mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey guys, it's Candice. And Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Oh yeah, we thought we would have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. But surprise, we don't. No, we don't. (laughs) But that's okay. It is. It's okay. We remind ourselves every week, it's okay. Well, I want to start this episode off by singing a little tune. Oh, really? Oh, is it Broadway Kayla's coming back out? Is it from Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat? It is not, but it is from your second favorite. You know, one of these days, I'm going to need a performance of that. It's even better. Are you ready, Candice? Oh, yeah. There's no words to it. It's just to feel a little melody. 
I'm on the edge of my seat. Go. California, here we come. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We are in California. We are doing a dream episode today, guys, about a little show from the early aughts. You might have heard of it called The O.C., um, which... Kayla Yule, you were on. I did three episodes of The O.C. I did a few episodes of The Vampire Diaries. This is a culmination of two of my favorite pieces of work coming together. This episode truly is so much fun. You guys, we are sitting down with Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark. Melinda, we both know, Candace from The Vampire Diaries. Rachel, we know, I know a little bit, but not so much. And I am such a fangirl of hers. This is so fun to be able to sit down and have a conversation with her. What was your experience, Candace, watching The O.C.? I mean, it was everything. I also was living in LA at the time I just moved here. So I just was so starstruck by all of Hollywood, anything on TV and then being out and about and seeing anyone from TV was just mind blowing to me. You know, I would pick up every Us Weekly. I'd follow all the stars of the OC, you know, in the magazines every week. Um, I so desperately wanted to be them. The only thing I could afford were the spray tans. I never had a juicy suit and I never had a sidekick. But OMG, I had some really, really wild spray tans that I can even post some photos of on our social media, just for clarification in case you don't believe me. But Kayla, what about you? You actually were an actress at the time. You got to work on this huge pop culture phenomenon TV show at a really pivotal moment within the series as well. What was it like to get that job? Yeah, it was really fun. I was going to college at the same time uh, at Loyola Marymount University here in LA and had gone gotten the audition and thought, oh my, I just remember being a fan of the show because I wasn't on it until season three. And there are very few times as an actor that you go out for a show that you're an actual fan of. And so I was very excited to do so and read the sides and could not get enough of it. And I just remember... Oddly enough, not being that nervous. And I think um, I had some finals happening at the same time. And there, there was just a lot happening in life. And so I went in, did it, came back. And all my roommates at the time were so excited, too, because they loved the show. And then getting the call and truly being like, wow, this is happening. And we had so little money because we were living on our college budgets, scraping together money to go out to dinner to celebrate. And it was truly uh, one of those times in my life I'll never forget. And... Yeah, it was just it was just a lovely, lovely experience. And um, did you watch the show with your friends when it oh, aired? Of course. Yes, of course. All of our friends came over. It was like um, a massive little screening, I guess. One of my first screenings in my time. <laughs> I had the tiniest little TV in my um, I guess it was a tiny little apartment on campus. So not technically a dorm room, but the smallest TV ever. And so many people packed into my tiny little apartment. And it was really fun. That's so fun. Oh, the, oh, Back in the day. Oh, back oh, in the day. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, we're also going to be speaking. Uh, so Melinda Clark, who uh, Kayla, you just mentioned, also was an actress on The Vampire Diaries. She played your mom. Yes. And she actually was almost a real life mom to me temporarily. You'll hear us discuss that I actually moved in with Melinda for a month uh, during a hiatus between uh, season one and season two of Vampire Diaries. So uh, we, we, she uh, goes by Mindy to her close BFFs. So, uh, right. you know, we're cool like that. We all, we all call her Mindy because we're cool. You know, we're cool like Rachel Bill. So we can call her Mindy too. 
I feel like there's so many parallels between these two shows. And we've learned that throughout our interview with Rachel and Mindy. And now we're all fellow podcasters and we're moms. And there's so many things that we can all connect on. So in case you are of the youth, as I like to call uh, the younger generation, and you actually don't know what the OC is, it is a TV show that was on for four seasons from 2003 to 2007. Um, Rachel Bilson played the part of Summer Roberts, while Melinda Clark played the part Julie Cooper, who was the mother of Misha Barton's character, Marissa Cooper. The OC followed the lives of affluent families living in California's Orange County after a troubled young man is adopted into one of their homes. Dun, dun, dun. Um, it's excellent. It w- there were 92 episodes. Um, I highly recommend watching it. You can stream it nowadays and just have like a wonderful OC binge. But why we wanted to sit down with Rachel and Melinda today is because they have a new podcast called Welcome to the OC Bitches, which is the ultimate OC rewatch podcast. Each week, they're taking you back to a particular episode where they're sharing behind the scenes scoops and interviews uh, with guests who were a part of the OC experience. Uh, we cannot wait to interview them about what it's like to be rewatching a show that meant so much to them in their lives. So without further ado, here they are, Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark. And we are back with Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark. Um, Ladies, we are so excited to be sitting down with you guys today. Um, Not only for the obvious tie-in that Kayla was actually on the OC, and uh, and everyone has been talking about your new podcast. But I want to just start off with, you know, I sat down to listen to it, and the first thing that I hear is the instrumental from Phantom Planets, California, just coming on. And it immediately brought me back to like the early aughts. And I just felt like I could breathe. I felt like I was driving down the PCH and I had like all the hope and like all the life ahead of me. And it literally made me feel like I was a kid again. What does hearing that song make you guys feel like? Because it's (laughs) got to have an immediate reaction. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think the biggest thing with the OC is the theme song. You know, it's like the <laughs> first thing that takes you back. And I, I don't I, I mean, I don't know, maybe Phantom Planet's OK with that, that that song will forever be tied to the show. <laughs> but it's definitely the biggest trigger, I think. Wouldn't you say, Mindy? Like, it's just I kind of just got on Instagram this year because of the podcast. And I recorded myself dancing to it for like 40, 60 seconds and <laughs> put it on my stories. And that's how it makes me feel. I just dance to the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. It is a good feeling, especially you're right. There aren't that many. I feel like Friends has, you know, the song that comes yeah. on the beginning and you think of it and like, right. absolutely. Uh, it, like, but it's rare from that time. I think that a song can can be so defined by a series mm-hmm. and which just goes to show how defining your guys is the series that you were on was and still is well geez yeah no, that's, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and not only re-listening to the music but re-watching yourselves 18 years oh later God. what is that experience like it's got to be nostalgic but is it are there moments that you cringe and moments you cry and it just must bring up everything oh it's a permanent cringe cringe i mean the first season for sure is permanent cringe i i'm like mindy and i have talked a lot about the bronzer Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like the look. I mean, for me, because look, Mindy, you were in your 30s. I mean, you're gorgeous always and forever. But like at 21 and now 39, watching my 21-year-old self, I'm like, 
oh dear Lord, like it's just a little terrifying for me in many ways. What, was it a fake tan, like a fake tan bronzer? Oh, or yeah, a lot oh of my gosh, tan yes. bronzer. I have skin cancer in my family, so it was. But they very specifically asked me to go to that spray tan. You remember the spray tan booth oh, yeah. where you would stand yes. in there, yes, and and do and, like the. Oh, right. Do it's like the Ross and Friends. No, Sorry, we talked about Friends, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I would do it at night and then sleep in it. And I kid you not, I would wake up with crazy bumps all over my skin. And Oof. I'm sure it's gotten better now. But at some point, I finally said, I can't do this. It just makes me smell bad. And okay. so we started doing it with makeup. But as you see this, as the series goes on, you can tell that the skin gets a little bit um, more um, ivory. Less orange. <laughs> yeah. Less orange. Less orange. Right. We like that look. Yeah. Right, the more right. natural look. But also the hair and the makeup kind of gets a little more tame as well as the show goes on, I think. Right. Well, it's a very specific look. Yes. Right. right. It's a very specific uh, part of the world that has a very specific look. But you guys were trendsetters. You started as much as you look back and hate the, seeing those trends. A lot of people copied that. So, you know, you made a lot of teenagers orange. Or also, <laughs> I think Misha really popularized the Ugg. <laughs> Right, right. Yes. That's true. Oh, it's popular. Yeah, I will accept so. it. It is definitely acceptable. I make up words. I make up words all the time. The other day, I'm like, it's, it's self-explanatory, and they're, and they're like, it's explanatory. Anyway, that's what you mean. Sorry. How old were you? I mean, come on, you were a kid, right? How old I was. I would have been. I would have been. Um, I was. 16, 17. Oh, so yeah. it wasn't like so super right young. There. You were Misha's but, age. Yeah. And so I was had just moved to LA. And so I literally like left Orlando, Florida, just with like blonde hair and just wearing like Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> and my pale, pale skin, even in Florida. And then mm-hmm. I like came back from my high school graduation with bright red hair, a full spray <laughs> tan walking in with sunglasses and like a Starbucks latte, which I thought was like so badass to know what a latte was. And, uh, but I lived in the spray tan booth. I read us weekly all the time. I wore Uggs and jean skirts because that was a whole thing. Like wearing Mm -hmm. a very tiny jean skirt with like very comfortable, Mm -hmm. hot, sweaty Uggs in the valley in the heat of the summer. Yeah. (laughs) I'll never forget. I did an episode for you guys with you guys. And, um, wardrobe gave me this incredible set of Uggs that I'm not lying. I still have to this day. I've gotten them resold because they are genuinely (laughs) so cool. And I've yet, I've never seen them and I've never seen anyone wear them. And I feel like you guys had this really amazing opportunity where people would give clothes to the show that maybe weren't even made or weren't even developed yet, or they were trying, I don't know. What was that experience like? And did you have a lot of say into what your character wore? Oh gosh. I mean, I always looked at, in the beginning, they were dressing me kind of older, you know, they, because I was young, although I guess I was 32 when it started, 33 when it started. Mm -hmm. But, um, Josh has said that we, there was a note that they wanted my character to be dressed a lot older to make it, um, I guess, plausible. But as the show went on, I said, you know, I grew up in Orange County and in Orange County, the moms and the daughters, they look like sisters. They do. So I would see what Misha and Rachel were wearing and I'm like, why am I wearing, I mean, I love St. John, but I thought that it was a little <laughs> too old for me with this ads and such, but I, but I started wearing more cute tops, you know, the tunic tops and the, and the, 
and the citizens' genes, that kind of thing, as the show goes on. I definitely, but I also took more risks um, for Julie than I would have personally, like Cavalli and big bright colors and such like that. But yeah, Rachel, did you get to pick? Did you give a lot of I, you know, I think I was just like, hey, what, you, what are you putting me in? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think I really uh, had much input. But we know that Misha definitely had connections to Chanel and mm-hmm. Missoni, and she was given, or I don't know if they were given or lent, but she definitely had a lot yeah. of designer items that were pretty coveted or possibly not out there yet. And only she specifically could wear it. Right, right. Wow. I think there so. Some, yeah. yeah, Chanel so. for sure, right? Wow. right? Yes, there's there's some pretty famous ones. That's great. Yeah. yeah, we did not have any of that glamour on our series. It was just oh, no. jeans, tank tops, <laughs> right. and a jacket, leather jacket. That's it. It was like everyone wore kind of the same thing. Um, okay, obviously, you know, you guys have talked about the like getting the job and what that felt like. We all know that the OC had such a quick trajectory and became such a staple in pop culture at that time. And it really elevated everyone's level of success, not only in having a job, but then also really being pushed into the limelight. Uh, When did you guys know, oh, this isn't just a show that people watch and kind of like, this is a whole cultural movement and everybody's watching. When did that moment kind of strike you? especially at such young ages. Well, we've talked about this when it kind of hit us, right? Mindy, do we agree that it was that event? That first event, because it was only (laughs) a, we started, if you all remember, American Idol, I think started the same year and we followed American Idol. And within a month, we had some of our highest ratings, like close to 15 million. But uh, we did an event. Uh, We shot at Manhattan Beach, uh, Raleigh Studios in Manhattan Beach. Mm -hmm. And they took us all from work to go to this little signing event, some fan event. And we came over the hill and we each had, they put us all each in individual cars. And as we came over the hill, it wasn't a few hundred people. It was waves of thousands of people screaming. And we all thought we all have um, reflected on this and had this a moment of what, what is this? What are we doing? What's going on? And that was literally just a month into shooting or sorry, a month into the show being aired. Right. Right. Yes. You know, there's a lot of similarities between uh, the OC and how it hit. It was just this massive amount of instant fame and the vampire diaries being, you know, this massive amount of instant fame in the vampire craze. It's just two different eras. And so I'm wondering too, and Candace roping you into this question as well, like how does it feel to have it? What, what amount of pressure do you feel to have that instantaneous? Do you go from zero to a hundred overnight essentially? And that's gotta be difficult, excited. There's so many emotions that swirl around with that. Now looking back, do you, would you guys have changed how you handled it or was it, what was the experience like? Take us through it. I mean, first, I'm so grateful that Instagram social media didn't exist when all of that happened. I think it would have been a totally different experience in a lot of ways. Um, I was 21 at the time. Again, like Adam, Ben, Misha, like that kind of crew of people being peers ish. Misha was a little younger, which still blows my mind that she was 16 and going through all this. Um, we had each other, 
And we were kind of like riding through it together, which felt very supportive and cool. Um, but again, had social media been around, I don't know what would have happened. But for me, it was, it just was like, it wasn't, um, I can't think of like a negative thing about it. I think a lot of that also attributes to how I was raised and stuff, but do you have family in the business, Rachel? I do. Yeah. Um, my whole dad's side of the family, someone is somewhere in the business. <laughs> um, so I grew up on sets and blah, 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 all that crap, but, um, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And Mindy's dad also, you know, she grew up with your dad was a soap opera star. Yeah. And he made a very conscious decision to not live in Los Angeles. And we lived in mm-hmm. the OC in Dana right. Point. But I think your question about the fame, this was one of the v- number one questions I had when Rachel and I started the podcast. I want to talk to you being one of the core four as the young people, because of course they got a, so much more attention than the adults did. And that's, you know, just normal. And I was, you know, CG says hi, by the way, Candace. She's 21. That which blows my mind. I cannot believe that. Uh, (laughs) But CG was three when it started. And it was, I, you know, work was almost a respite from being a young mom. I'd go home, do domestic, and I'd work maybe three, maybe four days a week. And it was just the perfect job. And it was in LA and it was in Atlanta or Toronto or, you know, and for me, it was more like watching on the outside of the attention that everyone got. And, and now that we know that it was a very difficult time for, for Misha, she's been publicly talking about it. Ben has said in an interview that it was like a rocket ship. I don't think he was prepared for the amount of fame. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've read that that Adam has said, you know, he felt kind of insulated, you know, sometimes when you live in LA and you're on a very popular show, it's an industry show, you know, or it's an industry town. So it doesn't feel overwhelming in that you guys were in Atlanta. Did you feel when your show was very, very popular and you guys did what? Nine seasons. Whoa. Eight. Yeah. Eight seasons. Did you feel you and you were doing it together? Did you feel insulated in that or I call it the traveling circus that never traveled anywhere. Um, <laughs> but the blessing was that same. I was uh, 21 as well, Rachel. And mm. um, there was no social media. There was Twitter, but okay. um, there was no Instagram for the first majority of our time there. Um, and it felt like because we were out of LA, it was easy to forget that we were on a, a show that people mm-hmm. watched it all. Right. Um, so I think what helped, obviously Nina, Ian and Paul being the trifecta that they were, they got the brunt of it, um, kind of during the first break of the, of the series, like our first hiatus, I think that they saw like how, big the show was where the rest of us were just, you know, hanging out in Atlanta. And it ended up being a really big blessing for me because when I was in LA, I was very into going to the clubs. I was like (laughs) so starstruck by the whole LA Hollywood experience and was very grateful to like go back. I had family in Atlanta. You know, we were all as a cast hanging out at my aunt's lake house, you know, tubing. And it was really fun. And we were kind of this family, especially with the crew as well. And so uh, there wasn't this like constant feeding of like, you're in the industry and there's events and there's carpets and then here's a gifting suite and here's this. It was, hey, what football game's playing this weekend? Whose place are we going to to watch it? You know, which wine bar are we all going to meet up at? Like that was more 
there was like a lot of yeah, normalcy to it. Because a lot were, of normalcy. Yeah. You make a really, really good point because <laughs> to be seen, you have public, when, when you're on a show that's very popular, to be seen, you need to go to those red carpets, which are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They're not on the weekends. And you choose to go to those and it might be a school night and right. you have to think of it as work. You show up, get your picture taken, go to bed to be up the next day. So Rachel, I don't, I'm sure you were invited to those things constantly and you probably had to make the choice. Nope. I'm not doing that one. Or you have to be selective and you have to have a, a very, very clear head on your shoulders of like what the balance is of your responsibility to publicity, which Warner brothers demanded or that was part of your job that you had to go to certain events mm-hmm. and you had to be at work at five 30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, so being in Atlanta, you didn't always have to do those things. Right. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. Never, <laughs> <laughs> never, never. It was instead we were like the same time we really got to know each other, Mindy and, and Kayla, we all got to know each other. We mm-hmm. went to a lake house or a uh, cabin. Oh my gosh. It was for, I think, like Matt Davis's birthday and uh, a whole group of us went to a cabin and had like a wonderful weekend, you know, in the Georgia mountains, you know, like that was our big social. I want that. It was really cool. (laughs) Rachel, I don't know if you know this. So so Kayla played my daughter on the Vampire Diaries, but your character had already turned, died by the time I came on and I did the, I was talking about a bad mom. But then when, um, the, I done, I did the pilot for Nikita and then, um, during hiatus, Candace came and lived with me What at, in Sherman Oaks <laughs> for like, what, a month for the summer? I can't, for a month. Wow. Yes. How do you guys know each other? Cause of Vampire Diaries? Yeah. 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 She, had, she, she was hiatus and I said, come stay at my house with me and my, and with That's me so and CG. Cool. No wonder I was like, oh, well, you obviously know CG well. And I was trying to put it together. <laughs> yeah. I, I know Mindy took me in. I, uh, had had a, a roommate situation, like a temporary roommate situation that fell out, um, and, uh, and then I ran into Mindy and she was like, just come stay with me. I had like Aww. all my stuff in the car. And, uh, and so I got to hang out with CG. I was explaining what I remember specifically, uh, I mentioned like a CD and she was like, what's a CD? Oh, she God. only knew like an iPod oh, at the time. And right. I was like, this is a big <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? And then Stephen McQueen, like everybody mm-hmm. would come to my house at the time oh, and, yeah. and we'd go on CG's trampoline. Yes, <laughs> a lot of front flips were on that trampoline. Maybe a few sequins from outfits that I was wearing doing front flips in sequins. Um, but I specifically just even, which what one of my questions I wanted to ask you is, obviously, Rachel, you mentioned that you were 21 when the show started. And um, and obviously, when, when a show becomes very successful, uh, in that environment, there can be a lot of yes people around. There can right. be... Um, it's hard to kind of grow and develop in an environment where everyone is telling you how wonderful everything is and putting all this adult pressure on you, but then you're kind of getting handed everything you want, like a, like a child. And so I found that experience um, pretty relevant to my life at the start of Vampire Diaries and even reflected in like, you know, Mindy, when I was staying with you, I look back at like, I just was like kind of a you know, spoiled young girl that like didn't realize like staying with people, like cleaning up after my own dishes and, <sighs> you know, maybe staying out a little late and, and just, you know, 
behaviors that happen when you're younger and then you realize when you're an adult and you've got your own kids where you're like, oh my goodness, thank goodness I had wonderful people around me, like some of our producers or Mindy who gave me like really good advice and, you know, wasn't just kind of brushing it off, but I felt like really, you know, talked to me and kind of helped me grow. Mm -hmm. And, um, that I definitely have that perspective of appreciation now in my thirties with children and with, you know, teenagers and (laughs) I have in my house. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now, I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae, and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, 
and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. back are there things you look back on where you're you're just like oh my gosh I can't believe I did that when I was younger or said that but then also you have some grace for yourself um given the circumstances I, I and this is based off of I know you had talked with Tate Donovan on your show <laughs> oh yeah when he called all the kids knuckleheads is that what the word you <laughs> um, I don't know if it was knuckleheads but... well he did yeah that was one of oh, them oh maybe knuckleheads <laughs> one of them no Tate and I cleared it up it was good I I always 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 have been grateful for the experience and everything we went through there of course was a time being young and influenced by other people around you and things going on, you know, you can kind of lose, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like, you know, lose perspective. perspective. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think I was ever too extreme with that, but I think there was definitely a moment of like, Oh, like I can do, you know, a movie now if I want to, and I can, you know what I mean? And you get caught up in kind of that part of it. Uh, but it was very short lived and I always get checked by my family or whatever it may be and my surroundings and being grounded with that. I mean, having like awesome people to look up to like Mindy, as you know, like, you know, just, just having been in it for so long and being so cool and being a mom and all of it Mm -hmm. also helped because you had like really cool adults to look up to and who have done it forever, you know, with Kelly and Mindy and Peter and Tate and like, what better, you know, um, mentors could one have? So there was like a mix of like, kind of losing sight, maybe for like a split second, but always coming back down to the core and like being grounded and grateful, which I still am to this day and being Josh Schwartz is literally like my brother in real life. And so I always have him to thank and also torture with what else he's going to put me in. (laughs) That is something I was going to ask you guys about. What was it like to have one of the youngest show creators? Because, you know, he is your boss, but he's also a friend and similar in age, older, younger, but very similar. Uh And so what is that dynamic like? Well, we all hung out like Josh. (laughs) We all became best friends. I introduced him to my best friend and they got married and had kids and you know, so <laughs> we were all very integrated, but we all did hang out a lot off a of set. Mindy. I mean, all of us, we, mm-hmm. we had like the best time and all genuinely liked being together. Yeah. Um, we were very fortunate in that way, but yeah, Josh was just one of us and you know, we all became really good friends. Mm-hmm. I think there's something to kind of touch on what you're talking about 
at 21, a lot of kids are in college experiencing, you know, being social, being out of their homes, you know, um, being away from parents, doing all of those things that you're supposed to do when you're young, which is, you know, whether you're drinking or, ex- or experimenting, whatever you're doing with life, you do it in that, at that young age. So by the time you're ready for marriage and kids and dependence, it's out of your system. Like, you, mm-hmm. you know, you have to experience life in some way. And a, being a young actor on a TV show, puts you in a very responsible adult professional business, right? And at some point, if you haven't had some of those moments as just a human being growing, it might come out in other ways. I mean, we've all of us here experienced having to be on location in different cities and the pressure of that and having young young kids on set. I might have words of wisdom, but boy, it's been difficult, you know, like, there've been so many times and I'm saying this based because I, I'm giving you guys so much respect for your podcast. I've been listening and I love the, the fact that you're, you're putting focus on self and growth and how we navigate through life in, in what we do for a living. And I'm, I'm interested because I'm a little bit older than you guys and you're all young moms mm-hmm. and how you're, balancing that because I found it really difficult and it was very, and, and, and at some point it became very challenging for me to be, for instance, in Toronto when CG was in California because she wanted to stay at her school. And just recently I've been able to really do a lot of self-reflection and growth and, and get back to a better place because the industry really did a number on me mentally mm-hmm. where I wasn't enjoying it so much, mm-hmm. you know? Were you not enjoying it um, when it in relevance to being a working mom? Because that's in, or just in general the way that the industry kind of become. It's the location thing when mm-hmm. um, because when um, when I got to Toronto, CG was ten, and she said, "Okay, I want to stay at my school in in Sher- you know in Sherman Oaks." So I thought, you know what, I'll fly back and forth. So, which was exactly, which was fine. I was only gone maybe three weeks out of the time, but I was flying maybe 45 times in a few years going back and forth, back and forth. And at some point you're not sleeping the same time at the same moments, your circadian rhythms are off, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and you're memorizing dialogue and there's pressure and I'm doing it because am I doing it for the joy of it or am I doing it to pay the bills? Mm -hmm. So at some point I, you know, I came home after that series and I was just wiped out. And in fact, I was offered, I believe, to come back to Vampire Diaries right after Nikita was over, which I wanted to do. But I said, I can't be away from my daughter anymore. I hope I didn't upset Julie Plotkin too much. (laughs) But but you have to say no as a mom. It's just very, very challenging. It's really challenging. I mean, being a mom in this business, I didn't go back to work full time until Briar was three. And it was impossible. I was in Vancouver. I brought her with me. She wasn't in school yet. But it was a two-hander. So literally like I saw my daughter basically on the weekends a little. Like it was awful. It was awful. It's such a hard thing to do and to make those decisions because for me, mom is number one. So that always comes first, you know? And so it's like balancing that. And the fact that you did that, Mindy, the back and forth, Toronto, I mean, it's just... I can't imagine because that wasn't no. just for like a month. That was a... a long yeah, time. Yeah. 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 I just went back. I have a seven month old 
as oh well. Oh my gosh. And, I know. Uh, I was like, wait, you're pregnant. I know. <laughs> I was one of those like, oh, it's That's a pandemic awesome. and we're pregnant. Like, yeah, one <laughs> week, really. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I have a seven month old and I had the opportunity to go uh, work for a couple of weeks. And I just have been so conditioned to think like, I need to work. I need to work and I can make it all work. And I just went back so quickly, you know, and I, I found myself, um, in a different state, just sitting in a hotel room alone, like feeling like there's like this ghost limb, like I'm separated from my baby. Mm -hmm. And who put this pressure on me? Is it like, was it this idea that if I don't go back to work, that I'll never get hired again, I'll never get a job. And there's a million other women lined up trying to get the job, you know, or like, do I even really want to be here? And, um, it's just, it's, it is really, really tough. It's like this idea that we're all supposed to be like able to balance it. And the reality, in my opinion, is just like, no, there's going to be days where you're at work and it sucks and you just want to be home with your babies. And there's going to be days where you're home with your babies and you're like, I need my sense of identity and I want to be at work. Um, which Mindy, when you were working on the OC and, you know, as someone who had a child, like, did you, were, did you feel like you had a support system there or were, was it just cause you'd worked before then you'd worked on other series. Um, was this just a completely different experience where you had some sort of handle on it? Well, no, I mean, uh, to be perfectly honest, no, I was married to her dad and he was at home and during the OC. So there was, you know, she was, and so it was a perfect job. It was, you know, like I said, I wasn't working the same hours as Misha and Ben and mm. the kids. So it was just this, be- and like you said, it could work can be a respite for domestic life. So it was just lovely. So, but, but once the show was over, I felt that pressure. You yeah. got to get a job, got to get a job. And Rachel and I've talked about this on the podcast. I felt this immense pressure to get another job to maintain that lifestyle and that, you know, and, and so the when status. I, yes. And it took, Nikita didn't come about for a few years after that. And CG came with me for the first month and because it was summertime, but she was 10 and she's like, mom, please, <laughs> I just want to go to my school. She loved her school mm-hmm. and, and her friends and everything else. And her friends right. and yeah. everything. Yeah. So she stayed in LA and that drive. I don't want to be ungracious or ungrateful. I loved the work. And there were times where I just loved the work. And to be honest, it's easier to not have your child in the same city on location. So it was easier for me to do that. But by the time I came back, I was just so wiped out that I said, I just, I, I can't, I don't want to work. And that's a dangerous thing too. But fast forward to a pandemic, where that, you know, that thought process of us, we got to get a job. We got to get a job. It's been instilled in us as actors Mm -hmm. when the whole world shuts down and we're all in this together and you can't work. Oh, what am I going to do with myself? Well, maybe I'm going to work on myself and become a little self-aware. And maybe I'm going to do some healing that should have been happening since I was 18. Mm -hmm. And that's what this last year has been about for me and being able to work from home with a podcast in a very gentle celebratory way is just super rewarding. 
That's what Candace and I always talk about, how grateful we are to have this podcast because yeah. we can be pregnant, breastfeeding, all this stuff <laughs> and do this at the same time. I I honestly feel really grateful with my transition from motherhood into uh, back to work. It was six weeks in and they were so understanding and lovely. And my husband would bring her to set and she would, it was just amazing. And I know not everyone has that experience. And I can imagine having feeling that pressure to do that. And she'll be too soon. And we're, you know, it's definitely one of those things where just being able to work and be a mom through a pandemic has been the biggest gift to be able to feel purposeful in both directions and feel complete. It, it really is a huge, and that's what podcasting does. That's what, it, that's what it, you can do it from anywhere in the world. We can all still have our careers in acting and be moms and everything. Have you guys, how has this experience been coming podcasters been for you? Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about, like being able to work from home and still be mom and do all the things. Although my daughter had to make a special sign to put up on the door because she really loves to come in when I'm doing it. <laughs> um, That's really it, cute. <laughs> yeah. I let them like, make your special sign and when it's up and whatever. But it's, it's been, I feel so fortunate to be able to do that. And, you know, she went back to school the last part of the school year which was also awesome because she started kindergarten and that's a big year and she got to actually do it and she loved it. But I just think it's been such a great experience and podcasting with Mindy and reliving mm -hmm. the OC. It's been really fun. Um, and just catching up with everybody and hearing everyone's experiences. And honestly, I'm watching the show basically for the first time because I have no memory. I literally don't remember a thing. So that's been really cool too. I'm like watching the show as an audience member and I'm like, no, this is fun. <laughs> Have you showed yeah. your daughter the show yet? Are you talking to me? Yeah. No Has your way. daughter watched the show? <laughs> will you guys show? Oh, will you guys show your kids the show at some point? I always say when she's 35, she can watch it. When she's 35. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, she only watched it when she was 18. She, she refused. Oh, she watched the Vampire Diaries, Gossip Girl Vampire Diaries before and then she wouldn't watch the OC. And I said, but why not? She's like, because you're kissing the young guys. I'm like, Vampire Diaries? Oh my right. God, I have to tell you this. She's obsessed with Ian. She has a pillow <laughs> with his face on it. Go to CG's TikTok. And all, all of her TikToks are the video. She comes up to me and she says, hey, mom, what was it like to make out with Ian Summerhalder? And I won't tell her. <laughs> And she's got millions of like views or something. Because How was it, Mindy? How was it? Yeah. Yeah. I will never tell. Yeah. <laughs> I will. It was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is very funny. All of us had to make out with Ian Summerhalder yeah. on the show. <laughs> he was like the token. I, I feel, know. feel really bad for him. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Poor him. It's very <laughs> incestuous of him, too, to make out with both of us, Mindy. That's very weird. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Um, I realize like how incestuous just like the show, like the characters <laughs> are within any TV series oh, yeah. or by the end of it. Like who, like, yeah. It, eventually I feel like everyone ends up on, like all the characters end up making out with all For the sure. characters. I mean, right. and, and, and Kayla played Casey Volchek's friend in the van when Marissa died. Right. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, she was you, in the oh, band. oh, oh, oh. No, I thought yeah. it said Caleb for a second. And I was Caleb. like, I, now no, you're really confusing. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> is there something to do with the van? What What about the van? You were in the van. Oh, right. right. When, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. 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 I'm basically my character for you because uh, you guys haven't 
I don't think you've gotten to season three yet. Have you? No, no. Okay. So I came in on season three when um, Marissa goes to the public school. Oh no, not public school. (laughs) Oh no. Um, And I'm her friend in public school and Johnny's girlfriend who he then ends up with. Hi. Yeah. So um, anyways, I have to tell you, I was, I remember auditioning and thinking and being such a fan of the show and getting the sides and just being excited to read what was going to happen. I wasn't even thinking about getting <laughs> on the show. I was just excited to like see the character names and then being so thrilled and seeing how close you guys were. That was one of my first experiences on set, seeing the actors really being friends with each other and being nice to each other. And in turn on Vampire Diaries, that exact same experience happened. Everyone was friends. Everyone was nice to each other. And it's not always like that. It takes a very specific group of people to create that environment. And so, you know, I think that's really testament to everyone here of what the kind of person that we all are to create an environment where everyone feels loved and accepted Mm -hmm. and excited to create together. I love that because it's, um, that's the experience I had. So thank you for saying that, because sometimes you hear stories of, um, that, that it wasn't like that. And when I hear these negative stories that, uh, from our set or, or rumors or such that it wasn't like that, it doesn't, it confuses me because that's not yeah. what I experienced. My, um, yeah, me either. I mean, we all really had a good time. I mean, obviously I dated my co-star, so I liked him a little bit, but <laughs> um, no, a lot of that all... happened on the Vampire Diaries too. Don't even like oh, everyone yeah. dated everyone. I don't know it what you're talking thing. about, Kayla. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're I talking wanna know. about. I want to know. Still mad for <laughs> <laughs> didn't date anybody. What? No, no, never. <laughs> my poor husband. <laughs> you're like, don't listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, also, um, Paul was on our show too. Oh, oh right. yeah, yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That is so crossovers. I know happening here. Many crossovers. Okay, well, we've talked a lot about. Well, well, first of all, you guys have. I wrote it down. Ninety-two episodes. Yep. To go yeah. through. Oh, so, yeah. you, like, and so I'm very excited mm-hmm. that everyone gets to kind of relive all of these episodes. Do you feel coming off of the pandemic, everyone is kind of getting back out and about again? Everything is opening up. Uh, do you find that people are coming up to you more often talking about the OC and people maybe revisited it during the pandemic? I feel like it was such a year for people gravitating towards comfort shows they'd already seen or shows that they knew that they hadn't watched yet. Have you felt that? I definitely know a lot of people have said that they rewatched the OC during the pandemic. Um, I haven't been out enough to experience people actually like coming up right. and being like, I just watched the other because I still don't really leave my house. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people, whether it's on Instagram or wherever you see it, or like we rewatched the show during the pandemic was the show to do, or at least for a day. <laughs> I think a lot of people have been discovering it because of pandemic. I know that, you know, we had a we didn't have that many new shows happening. And so people started rewatching. But I, uh, last week, I got a DM from my next door neighbor who said, <laughs> who said, hey, it's me, your next door neighbor. I just started watching the show. And I realized just, I mean, he's like, it's me, the one with the five kids next door. <laughs> and I was like, he just randomly started watching it. And he said, I didn't realize it was you. 
So yes, there are people all over <laughs> just discovering shows. That is hilarious. That is. All right. over or right next door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've talked a lot about how the show started and that initial trajectory into fame and its placement in pop culture at the time. But I want to also talk about how it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, when The Vampire Diaries was ending, it was a really emotional time. Mm-hmm. I And we, we, there were a lot of really special moments that we made happen, um, together collectively as a cast. And then also as a cast and crew, um, do you guys have memories of the last days of filming or was there something that, um, like a, a dinner or, you know, have you guys, you know, was there a delayed dinner of all coming together or did it kind of just end? Did we have a wrap party or anything, Mindy? We had wrap parties every year, but I'm sure we did. I, I honestly, Look, I'll be honest. I kind of felt like at the end, it was a balloon. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, I, I don't know. It felt, it felt kind of short. I think we only got picked up for 16 episodes. I guess there, apparently it had been questionable, even if we were going to have that fourth season. Oh wow! And the, there was a lot of things that changed over the, over this, um, four years that the show was on the different time slots, the different heads mm-hmm. of the network and the ratings were going down the death of Marissa. There were just so many right. things in there that if you went in with a, a, I don't even know if this is a term, a forensic journalist, like what happened to this hyper, hyper successful cultural phenomenon that it ended the way it ended. Um, although, I do believe, and I do believe Josh believes it ended on a very high creative note, that fourth season that everyone was quite proud of. So I think it was time to move on, but I don't, I remember feeling pretty melancholy and bummed that the show wouldn't continue. And I know that Peter and Kelly and I have all had that conversation that we would have loved for it to, to, to um, continue. And I don't remember, you know, I do remember we did have a dinner I'm just sorry. But it but I don't remember being in a as 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 a love as a love fest that it gotcha. you know I don't know. I don't think I was I mean I was working on a movie while uh, we were finishing the season. Like I was flying right. back from Toronto doing both at the same time. I think I was probably gone when it ended. Yeah. Um I don't remember going out with a big bang. I remember, mm. um, no, it was, it was like a deflated balloon. Like Adam and I had broken up and like, it was all kind of like happening at the same time and then doing other things. And I think there were just a lot of distractions at the time. So it wasn't like, you know, coming together to celebrate. It doesn't, right. it doesn't I don't think it was that. So on that note, <laughs> yeah. Womp, womp. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And we're back. I mean, it sounds like you both had a huge support system um, that, and, and also great guidance that you grew up with that served you so well um, on a show like The OC. I also, you know, I know that we've been talking forever, but I still really want to ask uh, a little bit okay. if you're comfortable, Rachel, talking yeah. about. Um, I read in, in an interview where you had mentioned that you had been in a really scary car crash when you were a teenager. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. And and it really gave you a perspective, even on a show like uh, The O.C., where all of a sudden every red carpet, every club rope would be open to you, where you really enjoyed the opportunity just to stay home because you'd had hmm. this really big experience in your life already. And that it was a big sh- part of shaping your teenage experience. Well, Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was 14 when I was in the car accident and I definitely was hanging out with people you, any mom would not want their daughter with, you know? And, but for me, like that happened and then it kind of sent me into another way. And I went to a private high school and I did the acting and the whatever. And, but, but being in Los Angeles, even then in, in my teenage years or whatever, I did all the things that the people were doing once the show started, like the clubs and this and that. So I definitely had that experience before. So I'm sure that had a lot to do with me, you know, not falling out of the limos and all of the other stuff that was kind of being uh, documented by paparazzi. And, but for me, all the things in my life that led to that definitely influenced kind of how I, I took the, the success of the show, but the work and my dad being in the business and he would always say like, do your job and do it well. Cause like to him, it's like, this is your job, you know? And so I always had that kind of professionalism ingrained in me. And what great and, advice. Yeah, no, it was so simple, but like, you right. know, his dad, my great grandparents, they were all in the business. So it was literally like, this is the business. This is your job. You show up for it and you do a good job, mm-hmm. you know? And that was really helpful. But yeah, all those things, you know, the car accident definitely attributes to my memory loss that Mindy can speak to. That's like kind of amazing. I remember nothing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it all shaped kind of the path and who I am and who I became. I remember that, Rachel. I remember being out with you and Leah at one point and saying we were discussing something. And I remember you, you saying, yeah, we were kind of wild in high school years. We're not now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and you're 21. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. It definitely seems backwards, but we started early. Got it all out of my system. <laughs> Thankfully. But yeah, so it was definitely. I yes. think, yeah, all of these things, there's, there's, I don't think there's any right or wrong in life. 
if we can look back and say, okay, I made that choice. I made that decision. This is my responsibility. And how am I I going to learn and grow from it? Mm -hmm. And that's what we get to do. That's what just life is all about. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's healthy to live in blame of something. Mm to kind of put a cap on that conversation. No, yeah, yeah. that's great. I, I feel like since the Friends reunion, there's been so many talks of reunions and people mm-hmm. listening would definitely, they want us to ask and I want to ask, do you guys feel like after you've started to rewatch all these episodes and you've talked with your co-stars about them and you're discussing it, is there hope for a reunion at any point on screen yeah. or off? I think off is the more likely <laughs> thing that'll happen. We've all talked and we all want to get together. So we definitely are going to try to plan for that. Some post-pandemic something. Right. People talk That's- about a reboot. And what's interesting, having the opportunity to talk to so many different people, like you guys reconnecting. There's a lot of people who've said, I don't want you to do a reboot. I want the show to stay as it is. I don't want it to change or or whatnot. So if there were to be some kind of reunion the way friends did it, that seems a little bit more plausible. But yes, the the dinner at Camp Gallagher or the weekend mm-hmm. at Camp Gallagher is probably what will end up happening. Yes, <laughs> I hope so. That's what I would like. <laughs> You're right. Um, what is something that you would tell your your younger selves? Oh. <laughs> your your piece of advice, like day one filming the pilot, that you could just like, you know have a little whisper to your younger self, what would you tell them? Hang up your clothes when you wrap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I became such good friends with our wardrobe <laughs> department. And I remember being like out drinking with one of them. And she was just like, hey, no one wants to hang up their clothes. I, I was always like, oh, have that's though. a thing. No, I'm I, very, I'm too considerate. You know, like I'll be like, no, <laughs> let like our makeup artist, Cindy, be like, let her go home. Don't have her wait to take off your makeup. Like, thank you. Yeah. Too. Oh my yeah. gosh. I have a story about that. I did it. Um, I did it. The victory podcast. And we were talking about how it's really important to have your room at least decent or hung up because, and then I got a, um, a, a comment from a teamster who said, thank you for saying that because we're the oh, last ones. And yeah. if the room is a mess, he said that it said something about, I once knew a teamster who was so frustrated with the actor that he took that actor's toothbrush and cleaned the toilet with it. But I don't blame him. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. But wow. I also would say, enjoy the journey, stay in the moment and don't wait for the world to get better, to choose to be happy because Aww. living in the future and what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? Yeah. It can be a, toxic narrative in in your brain that just takes over instead of just enjoying what's in front of you. That's such Love great that, advice. That. Always count on Mindy for the strong <laughs> words of advice. Well, I've been working on it. I, trust me, because I've always been that person and I was listening to your podcast, the, the Life Coach, and it's something that I live by is that people are always either in fear or love and and if if I'm ever ill at ease or then I have to think about like, what am I acting in right now? What is it? I'm the fear of the future, you know, sadness of the past or whatever's going, I have to stay focused on what's in the moment. And right now I get to talk to you ladies. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Melinda, I have one, one more question for you before we, you know, start to end this awesome ride of nostalgia. Um, yeah. Would you choose 
a St. John wearing suburban mom or a succubus vampire. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Two completely opposite characters, which attest to what a wonderful actor you are. <laughs> oh my gosh. The succubus was... Okay, so my character on Vampire Diaries was written to be a succubus, which is a woman who kills <laughs> by... that? It's, it's, um, by she's like a inhaling? De- she's a female demon who... <laughs> Or at least, at least, um, the the way it was written, the vampire diary. She she'd make out with this man and basically suck the life out of him and kill him. <laughs> and I remember getting a call from Julie, and or they they said it's too soon. We're too early in the series. We're not going to make you a succubus. And um, but they shot. We shot scenes. Oh wait, it. did you end up not doing that storyline? No, oh. we, di- we did. We shot some scenes, and I think it was going to develop, but for some reason they decided to cut the succubus part. Oh, right. Okay. I don't think there was enough supernatural in this on the show quite yet. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. So uh but the St. John <laughs> no, how about a combination of a succubus yes. and St. John? Wearing St. John. Well, I would watch that show. I am all for it. Me too. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much. Um, you. Can you tell our listeners where you're at on social media? We'll have um, all the links to your podcast in the show notes as well. At the the Melinda Clark, you are at Rachel Wilson. Yeah, on, that's true. And we are. Um, well, welcome to the OC Bitches is wherever you listen to podcasts, right? <laughs> <laughs> and on YouTube. <laughs> We're also on YouTube, so you can Perfect. watch it. Yes. yes. Love it. Thank you guys so much for joining us and taking us down this road of nostalgia. It was so fun. So fun to see you both and just kind of go on this crazy journey. And we love your podcast and we can't wait to see where it goes. And welcome to the podcasting world. Thank you so much. And thanks for having Thank us. You. It was super fun. Okay, Candace, I have a I have a really funny story of one of while shooting the OC that I think I've told you before that I'll tell on this podcast. My character had a steamy makeout scene, and it was one of the first times I was in in a physically in a bed with my shirt off, bra on. Let's specify um, with an actor by the name of Cam Jagande, who is also very attractive, very easy on the eyes. Um, and so I was really excited, honestly, for it. And so we are it. The whole idea is that we're in this bed having a little makeout session and Misha Barton is supposed to walk in the door and basically we stop making out. Well, mm-hmm. like she catches you. She catches us in the act, whatever. So our cue, our sound cue is the doorknob turning, right? So we are rehearsing it and okay, whatever. All right. Then we do the first take. And I remember like being in the bed and kissing and then kissing and thinking in my head, this is going on for so long. They must be resetting the camera. Maybe they're remarking someone. Okay. And, and I am young and this is, you know, a newer experience for me to be on set and I just didn't want to mess anything up so I just mm-hmm. kept, kept kissing and kept kissing and a few minutes in finally both of us stop and we just like look up and e- everyone in the cast is just sitting there watching us and the director goes are you done and oh. apparently Misha had kept had walked in done the doorknob and then they were like oh we just reset and then she walked in again j- shook the doorknob 
reset. We just couldn't hear. And so there was no communication. And apparently, you know, they just you were just so committed to the work. So committed to the work. A very highly attractive actor you were working with and having to make out with him at all. Not at all. As a a young college girl. No, 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 no. no. No, it was just you were there to do a to do your job to get paid and do a very, very good <laughs> specific job. I mean, it, it, yeah, our job sometimes, it never ceases to amaze me what we do on a day-to-day basis. Do you have any <laughs> funny, awkward, <laughs> uncomfortable stories like that on set? Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. It's always, you know, I feel like kissing scenes, especially, but it's just for, different when you're young. I think like when you don't know anyone, um, like, and when I say young, I mean that college age, you know what I mean? Like that is, I feel like, you're a little bit more, um, I felt more comfortable, obviously being in my early twenties, knowing that I would have like kissing scenes and sex scenes. Um, but, uh, it got progressively weirder for the show. Like, I think when, you know, it's a bunch of actors and they don't really know each other that well, it's like, Oh, okay. But when it becomes like, <laughs> Hey, I've known you for years and you're like my brother. And now we got to make out and roll around in a bed together. This is going to get real weird. Um, it's uncomfortable. It's so weird. I mean, I remember, yeah, there was a time when Trevino. That's who I thought you were talking my about. Characters, yeah. Like, I mean, Caroline made out with and like dated everyone in the show. So. I not think Candace, as, not me, just Caroline. Um, but so, uh, but by the time it got to Trevino, I was like, oh gosh, like we both looked at each other and we're like, this is just going to be weird. And we actually, we were both dating other people at the time and we were supposed to go on a double date that night. And then we were like, okay, we got to make out real fast because our dinner reservation is at seven for this double date. And, you know, you just find yourself in very bizarre circumstances. Since day one, too, you two had such a brotherly, sisterly vibe yeah. that, I, yeah. that I feel like of any combination, that seems the most odd outside of the show. Like, I know he loves me and I love him, but we both, I know if he was here, he would agree. Like, it's just a weird experience. Like, there, there was, that was just weird. Um, um, but I still, I think you've had like such great makeouts in your career and you know who my number one jealousy one is still John Stamos. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my yeah. God, Mel's Mel's face. mouth is wide open. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about Mel. She made out with John Stamos I did. at work for a And job. I have to tell you, it was on his, it was a sitcom, a Fox sitcom that lasted for a season called Grandfathered. And I really went for it with John Stamos and yeah. it was right before I got married too. So I took out a lot of aggression and everything out on him and, um, I have to say it was everything I wanted it to be. And that yeah. is the one makeout that Tanner is the most jealous of as well. Yeah. Well, I get it. Of course. I get it. It's, it's hard Stamos. sometimes in these moments to like be okay with that happened. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, maybe my day will come. Who knows? There's still I feel like you time. have a great share of, I, I always thought, I always had such a huge crush on Matt Davis and thought he was like the most attractive. He reminds me of Harrison Ford, which growing up, I always had a thing for Harrison Ford. So I, that to me is like my, I, I'm a little bit like, oh, Candace got to do that. All right. Well, no, cool. we never, so oh, we never didn't? made out on the show. No, but I did oh. carry his witch twin babies. They right, were, so I they thought were you, implanted oh, from his. Copy that. His, yes. Yes. But so I gave birth to him and his wife's witch babies mm-hmm. through the spell. Um, Got and it. we I then thought, were like married and dated. I know, but we okay. but we ended up, but even though our characters were linked, like they were like together okay. living together on the show, we never had to make out on the show. Wow. I know, but our characters were together. So Caroline really was like 
with like she first it was Damon and then it was Tyler. No, and um Matt Donovan. Mm-hmm. And then Tyler. And then uh Klaus. Stefan and Klaus. Stephen. And then married to Alaric. Wow. Or or with Alaric. I don't know. I'm sure the fandom's gonna be very upset by Were if you I married get it wrong. for the record? No, I don't think I was because it ended with the wedding. Um, so maybe, but they were just like cohabitating and co-parenting. You, yeah. you know, co-parenting your, right. your vampire witch twins that, you know, with your old history teacher as a vampire, you know. Just normal, normal. I can't wait normal to see all stuff. the comments on all of this because you know there are people who have different theories. I know. So I'm sorry, we'll fandom. I'm really, really sorry. I do my best. One day, maybe there'll be a, a Vampire Diaries rewatch, and then I will have a better memory of what actually occurred if it all blends in. But, uh, <laughs> but this is so fun, and I love that. Um, coming off of a year like 2020, which I know I say a lot, but it's true. I found so much comfort in watching old series and things that, you know, and even listening to music from my teenage and early 20 years. And I feel like everyone's rewatching shows that they really appreciate. So it's so fun to be able to rewatch something and listen to the actors and creators experience while rewatching it. So Rachel, Melinda, your podcast is awesome. Again, listeners, if you want to listen to it, the podcast is called Welcome to the OC Bitches. You can listen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much. And we'll have an all new episode of Directionally Challenged waiting for you next week. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Producer, Melissa DeMonts. Edited by Katrina Henning. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with ACAST.